The gospel reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 11, um, verses 1 through 6, and then 25 through 30. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who hear, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Verse 25. At the time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All these things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We have been uh, working our way through Matthew's gospel over the last few weeks, and we have been talking about uh, Jesus's call upon his disciples. In this passage, it's evident that there is a struggle going on about the expectations, the expectations of who Jesus is and who John is. Expectations are a part of every relationship we have. We have expectations of of our friends and uh, expectations of loyalty, our companionship, expectations of our spouse uh, that probably number in the hundreds. Uh, we have expectations of our children and our children have expectations of us as parents. Every relationship is uh, both burdened and blessed with a sense of of how do we relate to each other? What are, what are the rules of this relationship? What do we hope for in this relationship? And, and what is my responsibility to that relationship? Mark and I were walking this morning and discussing our uh, response to our neighbors and the fireworks. We don't know that they were directly in our neighborhood, but I don't know about your neighborhoods, but around us, fireworks everywhere, big fireworks, big illegal fireworks, and discussions about, you know, do, do people just disregard the law? Yes, obviously, they're illegal. So there is a, a disregard there. But you know, the, a disregard for neighbors, for animals, for those with PTSD, and, and in our neighborhood, boy, I could hear fireworks, not necessarily again in our, in our neighborhood, but around us, I could hear them until two or three in the morning. I mean, it just went on and on and on. I have some expectations on my neighbors around courtesy and uh, kindness and sleep. Um, but we think about what are, what are the expectations that we have? And what are your expectations of, say, your city council members or your expectations of police officers or your expectations of uh, the governor? or of the president or of members of Congress. We have these expectations in all of these relationships, relationships that are full of um, accountability, 
of here are the things that that meet the standard of this relationship of also grace, you know, our relationships with our our spouses, our children, our parents, none of that is ever perfect. And so there's a, a um, sort of blanket of grace that surrounds those relationships. None of us, we're all human, we all make mistakes. But how do we live in those relationships and honor those relationships? Um, it seems that in Jesus's times, there were lots of expectations of the Messiah. And people had different expectations of that. We have in this passage what starts out as a conversation about uh, John. John the Baptist is in prison, and he is sending his disciples out to check on Jesus and, and asking, okay, so here's this Jesus who is eating with sinners. He is you know, teaching all about healing and love, but um, where's the political revolution we were hoping for? Where's the military might? Where's the, where's the hellfire and damnation? And, you know, John was this wily figure out in the desert preaching repentance, and Jesus doesn't seem to be doing that. And so he sends, John sends word to Jesus and says, are you the one? Right? Did, are, am I understanding this correctly? Are you the one? And and Jesus says, yes, tell John that I am healing the sick, that I am feeding the hungry, that I am caring for those in need, that I, the, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing. And yet even that didn't necessarily meet the expectation. They were wanting more from Jesus. And then uh, in a section just a little bit later in this chapter that wasn't read for you, Jesus sort of mourns. He says, you know, the, the people of this generation, John came and preached hellfire and damnation and called people to repentance and they didn't like that and they jailed him and I preach grace and forgiveness and heal people and, you know, bring, you know, sit with those who are struggling and, and they don't like that either. We, we don't, we don't want it either way. We want something else from Jesus. We want something else from this relationship. And so you have this, this sort of um, conversation going around about who is Jesus and what do we expect from Jesus? You might ask yourself that when you think about following Jesus, what is your expectation of this Messiah? What do you hope for in this relationship? And what do you offer to it? Jesus, in the chapter before that we had read in the, in the weeks previous to this, Jesus is sending out his disciples. He's sending them out to do the exact same work that he does, to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring redemption, to reconcile, to bring the lepers back into communities. He's seeking them out to do all of this stuff that he does. And they're like, mm. I don't know if we like that so much, Jesus. What else can you do? Can, can you overthrow the government? Because that would be really super helpful. But that's not what Jesus came to do. He came to restore a whole other kingdom, the kingdom of God, which isn't about all the kingdoms of this world. It isn't about power and might and militaries and all that kind of stuff. The kingdom that Jesus came to bring is a kingdom of peace and justice and mercy and compassion. And folks weren't so sure about that. And so we have this struggle going on. And then Jesus, in the part of this passage that everybody likes the best, the part that the, the way this chapter of the Bible ends, is Jesus sort of saying, come to me. I, I'm not here to burden you. 
I'm not here to weigh you down, that my yoke is, is gentle and my burden is light. Come to me and I will give you rest. That I, I am gentle and humble of heart. Come to me and I will give you rest. Even with our hard-heartedness, even with our exaggerated expectations of Jesus and our diminished expectations of ourselves, of our unwillingness to follow, our, our, our stubbornness and not getting what Jesus is about, Jesus still says, come to me, come to me, and I will give you rest. Now, there, there is still a call to follow Jesus. There is still work to be done. I'm still sending you out to bring healing and wholeness in this world, but you don't have to go alone. As Jesus showed that image of, of the oxen yoked together, you go with me and you go with one another. Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. You don't have to go it alone. That, that I go with you, that you go with one another, that you are called into a sense of community, even as you are sent out into the world. It is this, this gift of, of rest in the middle of all of the burdens that we carry, in the middle of all the expectations that, that pull at us, that almost seem to constrain us. Jesus says, I'm not here to make your life more difficult. I'm here to bring peace. I'm here to call you to something higher, to something more graceful, to something more gentle. And while we can wrestle with our expectations, with our judgments, with our unforgiveness, with our demands, with our all the stuff that gets in our way, Jesus puts all of that aside and says, come to me. I will bring you peace. We are living in an extraordinarily difficult time, a time where we are separated from one another, a time where it feels like a lot of us are really very isolated from our broader communities, maybe even from our families, from our loved ones. We are disconnected. The ways that we connect with one another in communities these days are very different. It, it's a it's a smile through the through the eyes on the top of our uh, our masks. It's it's a different sense of how do we how do we relate to one another? How do we honor community in the middle of this very very difficult um, and challenging time? I take comfort in this word today, a word that just invites us to to lay down some of the burdens to lay down some of the expectations, to lay down some of the stuff we put on ourselves. And just to know that Christ is walking this journey with us, that Christ is carrying this load with us. We don't have to do it alone. We don't have to do it disconnected. That Christ calls us together to walk this journey, to share this, this yoke to a life of gentleness, to a life of compassion and mercy, to, to model this ministry that Jesus has already been showing us. And so as we uh, go into this week, again, we're, we're dealing with um, rising rates of infection, which means some, some restrictions. We're, we're wanting to be extra careful with one another 
if there are things that we can help you with, if you are stuck at home and, and you're needing help, let us know. Lots of people in the church happy to help to carry that burden with you. If there are ways that you need to reach out, you know, that you, you need some extra support right now, we're here for you. We want to help ease that burden right now. We are called together as a community. We are called to be uh, yoked together. So I invite you this week to look out, to look into your neighborhoods, to see where folks might be struggling, to see if there's a neighbor that needs extra help right now, to, to pick up the phone and call somebody in the church and see how they're doing, to, to connect. Let us carry this burden together. Let's look out for one another. Let's look out for where people are struggling, where people are feeling alone and isolated. Let's be the community of Christ together. The yoke is easy and the burden is light. We are called to follow a Messiah that is gentle and humble of heart. And so let us be people of gentleness and humility, of compassion and grace and healing in our hurting and broken world. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this word, a word of grace. In the middle of a world that feels so upside down right now, that feels so burdened and struggling with health concerns and divisions, and we just feel so burdened right now. But you are a God that that calls to us, that, that calls us together, that calls us to share this road. And so we ask that you give us your peace, give us your comfort in the middle of this time that we are in, that none of us would feel alone, that none of us would feel overburdened, but that all of us would share in the great commissioning and yoke to Christ and to this ministry we share. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen.